Sometimes you choose courage, and at other times it's forced upon you. Courage Unraveled is a podcast series where you get to listen to insights, discussions, conversations, and stories from people from all walks of life. You'll be served with dollops of courage, resilience, and strength here. So come along and be educated and inspired. You just may find new ways to flex your own courage muscle. My name is Sana Turnock, and I'm your host. I met Chloe Bajent when I was offering meditation classes. That was a few years ago. I remember her being quiet and thoughtful. She was working in horticulture at the time. Fast forward a few years later, and Chloe now works in youth affairs. She got there after a stellar academic performance, which garnered her five awards at local, regional, state and national level. She also did something she never thought she'd do, become an artist. How did she get to this point? It was a life-changing moment when Chloe and her husband Kurt found out they couldn't have children. Rather than go down the path of IVF, she chose to pivot and go down a very different path. Today, we learn of Chloe's courage to make change happen when a taken-for-granted life choice is taken away. It's a real privilege to be able to share these inspiring podcasts of courage with you. The work undertaken takes many hours to put together and is self-funded. You can support the podcast series by becoming a patron and receiving access to patron-only specials and exclusives. Choose the tier that suits you. The Courage Journal is a fantastic adjunct to these podcast stories. Do you want to start flexing your own courage muscle? Then grab your very own journal. Visit courageunraveled.com to find out more about the journal and how you can become a Courage Unraveled patron. Hi, Chloe. Welcome to Courage Unraveled. Hi, Sana. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. That's good. You're going to share a story about you and your husband, Kurt. Yeah. You met at the age of 14. What year was that? That was about 2004, I think, we were at high school. Year 11, I think it was. Where did you go to school? Mount Lawley High School in, okay. in Perth. Do you remember what it was like when you first met? We were actually really good friends. I used to do rowing and he did kayaking. I suppose that was the sort of connection that we always had, but we were really good friends. We used to go fishing together and then I suppose it turned into something more. Oh, it definitely <laughs> did. <Yeah. laughs> All right, so fast forward now to the current day and you're still together some 16 years later. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. pretty good. You have described your relationship as being happy and healthy. I think we're really happy and built a really nice lifestyle together so it's been fantastic 16 years you're very fortunate to be able to say that in 2015 you tried having a child things weren't working out what was going through your mind at the time so we're at that stage where we'd gotten married we'd bought a house i think we'd just traveled south america actually sort of the next step got quite excited got quite ready for it Nothing had worked after about eight months and I think deep down I knew something wasn't right. We were both healthy people and, you know, everybody says having a baby can take time but I just knew something in the bottom of my gut that Mm. it wasn't going to happen. It was after a series of appointments and found out that Kurt was unable to have children. It was was pretty devastating there for a while and Mm. quite shocking because your whole life, plans I suppose have changed because we'd always thought one day we'd have kids we were never rushing towards it It was sort of the next step how did you find out were you actually at the specialists we were at a specialist 
place in Bunbury and he frankly said, look, I'm really sorry, it's probably not what you're going to want to hear, but you're not going to be able to have children. There could be some fertility treatment that you can get, but from what I can see, it's very unlikely. Did Kurt have a condition? They think from a very young age, his testicles pretty much didn't develop into being able to produce sperm. What was it like for you emotionally for that time? I felt a sense of relief because I think trying for a baby and not getting anywhere was actually quite a horrible time. You're always waiting and expecting something. It was pretty devastating for Kurt because he'd been pretty relaxed up until that point, just thinking it takes time, it takes time. So it was more of a shock to him. Then, of course, it was just a bit shattering because it was like, well... Okay, what now? Life literally gets turned upside down for a while. I am a big planner as well. So, you know, I was thinking, okay, this year we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that. How how long did it take you to make a decision about where you were going to go next? Yeah, not very long. I made a very quick decision. On that drive home, I remember saying to Kurt, let's not let this affect us in a negative way. We need to take this opportunity, flip it up to the good side. Everything happens for a reason. We've got an amazing relationship, so let's make the most of not having children and let's look at it as a really positive thing. From the day after, we had that mindset and we've just stuck with it. The hardest thing has been trying to make other people understand that. There's been the hardest thing about it since that day. It's funny, isn't it, how sometimes other people put more pressure on you about situations where they're life-changing. Sometimes hearing how other people respond can be more burdensome. You were how old at this time? About 26. Really young to make that kind of life decision. It was made for you. Did you talk about fertility, anything like that? We could have definitely gone further, but we made the decision not to, just on the base of not wanting to put our relationship through any of that stress and not knowing the outcome. But we always thought maybe fostering children would have been our next step because, you know, there are plenty of kids out there that don't have homes and that there's a huge need for that. So we thought, well, maybe that's what we're meant to do or maybe not. We knew we weren't ready mm-hmm. straight away, but that might have been something down the track. And now, your thoughts on that? Now that I've studied youth work and <laughs> seen how hard it could be, uh, it's something that maybe further on down the track, but you're still not, not yeah. ready, I think. That's a big step. It is a huge step. So you shared your responses with friends and family. Some of them struggled. Yeah, family. I think it was quite hard for them. Your plan B. I know you're from a horticultural background, yeah. but you completely decided to do a big change. Yeah. So what happened there? At the time... A way of me dealing with it as well was to just throw myself at my work. I thought, well, this is where I've got the opportunity now that I've got all this time on my hands and I might do some further studies. So I actually did some further studies in management and knew that for me to progress in my role and one day become the supervisor, that's what I needed to do. I worked really hard and I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I loved my job and then that particular position ended up coming available and I didn't get it, which really shattered me again. It was like, oh, what now? What am I going to be working towards now? That's when I made the decision to completely quit my job and study something completely different. I chose to study youth work because I knew deep down, well, at least if it doesn't get me a job, if this whole fostering kids thing, I'll be more prepared for that. Has it prepared you? I would definitely be more prepared. It ended up being a really good decision, I think. What kind of things did you actually learn while undertaking the program? YouthWorks taught me a lot about my values. Mm -hmm. You learn about disadvantaged 
kids and, and all teenagers from the age of 12 to 25 and things that might affect them to put them into the sort of foster care system. There's a lot that's based on that, but you also learn about just 12 to 25 and their mm. needs. The thing I really got out of it was just what I value and how I see the world. I really realised that I have a, an empathetic side and can see things from other people's point of view as well. Now that you are a youth worker, have your studies shown you or taught you practical elements of being at the coalface? You, you definitely learn about risks and uh, about what you're going to face because, of course, it's quite serious situations and quite heavy, really heavy. What and kind of situations have you found yourself in? Hearing young people's stories and how hard life can be for some people, you know, and it's quite hard to switch off when you get home, mm-hmm. of course. Letting these kids know as well that they can do anything and can really change their lives as well. I think that's really important that they have somebody out of the family system that can show them that. that I really see importance in that. You work with people who sometimes are homeless. Do you think that being homeless is a courageous step for some of those people? Or they have no choice? I don't think they have much choice. I think the courageous thing would be for them to go and seek help and to try and open up to somebody and even let somebody know that they're homeless, yeah. I imagine for them that they feel they may not be able to trust people that are close to them or who are close to them. that is huge. Um, Trust and they don't want to get let down again. A lot of the time they've been through the system over and over, so they lose hope. For them to have the courage to go out and go through all of that again is quite huge. You ended up flourishing by doing this course, right? Because between 2018, you ended up with four awards and the fifth one, you became a finalist, right? So the awards you received were from being a campus student of the year to, um, to Southwestern Regional Student of the Year to being WA Vocational Student of the Year (laughs) and then Australian Student of the Year finalist. Stars have lined (laughs) for a while, haven't they? How did you feel receiving those awards? Yeah, the first night I went to the South Regional Awards, it was totally unexpected, but it was just really nice to know that, you know, me having the courage to go and quit the job and to completely start again had really, really paid off. It's made me really reflect on everything that had pretty much happened since that 2015 finding out that I couldn't have kids. I think something switched in my mind of, yeah. no, I'm going to just go out there and make the most of everything I've got and things don't have to go always the way that you can see them and to take opportunities is huge. The next award of the WA, that was the same thing, WA Vocational Student of the Year, that was really unexpected. I interviewed for it and it was a, such a great process to go through and reflect more and got to meet some really awesome people and then to win that was amazing it was incredible and then got to go to Brisbane for the finalist and meet many other people that were sharing their stories they were courageous people so to be surrounded by them for that week that was that was pretty life-changing as well did you nominate yourself for these awards or did someone else nominate it started off with my lecturer Gloria Ross at the TAFE she nominated me the all-round South Regional Student Awards and then they interviewed me and then it was after winning the the South Regional Student, so that was the highest award of the night, that they said it's really important that you apply for the WA Training Awards, which I didn't know about until then, and then I applied for that one. And look what happened. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did it open up doors for you? It did, yeah. What kinds of doors? um, I've done one talk at the TAFE for their open day, which was really cool. The rest of it's been mainly through my work and I've done some other stuff. I've 
might be going to the jobs fair um, in a couple of weeks as well down okay. in Perth, which would be really good. Fantastic. I wonder whether you could even touch base with local schools and just share your story that way yours yeah. would be a great success story. Yeah. I guess also the focus on you know people thinking that they've only got one path especially when mm. they've finished year 12. And there are so many options out there. There so are. So many but it's, it's hard to find them all out. That's right and I certainly remember when I was in high school and I'd found that to be a really tough a tough ride mm. in some respect you know trying to choose your path and yeah. not knowing that there were actually other pathways. Yeah. It was either uni or get a job. And that your pathway that you choose from leaving school is probably not going to be where you are in even five years, let alone ten. And it's never too late to change your pathway. So I think that's, that's a huge thing I tell them as well. It doesn't matter. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to pick what you want to do right away. I'm 31 and I've completely changed my career and, hey, I might completely change it again. And everything that you learn builds up. It's not like you completely lose that skills. These skills get build up like building blocks. That's definitely a way to look at it. When you won these awards, do you think that you had an inner shift that got you to the point of being able to win those awards, if that makes sense? It made me completely reflect, like forceful reflection on on the journey that I'd been on. Mm. That was definitely a a shift. And just realising that I've actually succeeded in something Uh, That was a big shift as well. Mm. Now I really believe in myself and I can definitely do anything. You had one pretty major life-changing setback, not being able to have children, and then you didn't get the job that you'd studied management for. So was it a sense of grit and perseverance or was it a sense of I'm just going to give up on this and surrender and see what happens? I think it was definitely grit and perseverance. I definitely felt that just keep working towards it and it will work out it may not be how you saw it working out from when you started but yep. it'll work out in the end i love it that's yeah. definitely a byproduct of courage yeah yeah definitely <laughs> all right so i have discovered that you have a creative streak yeah that's pretty cool and you recently opened up abla studio in Bustleton. yeah you create design one-of-a-kind ceramics mm-hmm. what kind of other shifts did you undertake to get to this point Bowie Abla studio it is. I have always wanted to do something creative. I've always been creative, but I think when I was working full-time in that horticultural role, I got to be creative in the garden and that was where I had that. When I stopped that, I could definitely see that in youth work as well, you do a lot of creativity stuff with the kids. I started realising that when I was planning activities and clay is something that I'd always been interested in. I also met my auntie for the first time in the US Mm. and she has her own ceramic studio and I did a couple of workshops with Tracy Anderson, a local artist, and just fell in love with it, became really good friends with her and it was that sort of thing I'd started TAFE and I thought, no, I'm going to give this a go because I've had this complete change. Why not? Why not just give it a go? I ended up just pretty much teaching myself and I ended up buying a kiln and set up my own studio and it's just been amazing. I've really, really enjoyed making stuff and, mm-hmm. and having that time is so good for your mental health. Yes. You know, to, to be creative in any way I think is amazing. I've started a website and been doing some markets and got some stuff in some shops so it's it's been yeah amazing I I really love having that thing on the side to always ground me do you find it therapeutic yeah definitely do you think that's part of the drive of doing it yes yeah thinking about it you know you weren't able to literally give birth to a child so this is now 
your birthing. Yeah. yeah, I do. I get to create something that is mine and yes. that expresses me in a, in a piece of stoneware, you know. Yes. Yeah. And so other people take it away. And yeah. It becomes yeah. part of their life, right? Yeah, definitely. It is hard to let go of some of the pieces though sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's I don't right. know if I want you to buy that. But... <laughs> No, it's good. If you see somebody love it, it's, yeah, that, that's pretty special. Are you looking to, or have you done any solo exhibitions or are you going to be part of Margaret River Open Studios? I, that is definitely, yeah, one of my goals for, okay. the, for the next three years, I think I've set. I'd really yeah. like to open up my studio for that and look into doing some exhibitions. Fantastic. I, I did enter one into the Bustleton Art Award and it actually got in, which was really cool. So that got displayed and it was called like a window of opportunity and piece that I made I was thrilled that it got in because I didn't really know much about the art world and yeah that was great so I'd like to do some more sculptural pieces like that what's your inspiration definitely the earth and earthy textures and just color and shapes my father was born in Ghana so the, the whole African sort of artifacts has always been drawn to that as a child so I think that's really starting to show in some of my work now. Wow so you're yeah. just starting to blossom. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good I like it. You and I met some years ago when I was running meditation courses and that's when I knew you, you were in the horticultural field. Did attending those sessions and allowing for the quiet contemplation and spaciousness of mind open you up do you think to where you are today thinking of it now it really helped me deal with other people's reactions as well and just being able to look inwards and focus on what I was doing rather than what was happening to the left and to the right of me did it help in terms of being able to control your thoughts but you know you're not able to control other people's thoughts but you know that you can control your own it made me be able to control my emotions I could express it internally with myself rather than having to react yeah sure and I guess and there's a difference just so the listener understands it's not about suppressing emotion it's just it's still having them definitely not being reactionary yeah dealing with them yourself without having anybody else's view on it as well do you believe that any of this all these new possibilities all these new opportunities would have happened if you had had children I don't think so. Definitely not. I don't think I would have studied. It would be a completely different life. We've got this beautiful home and now we've got this beautiful bush block. I know that definitely wouldn't have happened. And Mm. I don't think I would have looked any further. I wouldn't have taken on all these extra opportunities that I've sort of reached out for. What does courage mean to you? Courage is having the ability to look at ways in which you can sort of list out and and work towards your little goals and and really believing in yourself and looking at what could happen rather than how you can fail all the time. What if you actually got what you wanted out of life? That is courage to me. Do you think you've been courageous? I think so, yeah. I I hope I can care. (laughs) I think I can because I really feel happy in my life at the moment. hope everybody else can have that even if it's just for a short time the saying that really rings true for me is it takes courage to change and sometimes courage is all you have and that's a phrase I think of when I think about you and your story Mm. you know because you had your path set in a particular direction and then it was radically changed because it was out of your control but you took the bull by the horns and wrestled with it and and you've come out on the other side. I really hope that you feel uh, really good about 
the changes that you've made because they really opened you up. I'm the snippet that I know about you from meditations to now, to me, you've really grown confident as a person. Mm, and that's, that's clear. It's yeah. really clear. It's gorgeous. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. It's always nice to share my story. Yeah, it's a great one. So keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Thanks, Simon. Oh, a pleasure. Don't you love Chloe's successful pivot? Not everyone would choose to do this, but that's what makes us different. I found the power in this story was Chloe's leap of faith and how she flourished by taking a courageous step into the unknown. I also love how she blitzed it with the awards. 2018 and 19 certainly were Chloe's years for academic achievement. And please check out Chloe's ceramics and her jewellery designs. They're really gorgeous, earthy and funky. Thank you for listening today. If you want to contact Chloe, go to courageunravel.com forward slash podcasts and you will find Chloe's contact details there under her information. Do you like what you're listening to? Please subscribe via your favourite directory and leave a review or leave a review via the website. My name is Sana Turnock and I'm your host. Until next time.